Hi, I'm JD. This is Chimera Cast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Melio Moretti, the Bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urizidi, the Spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Kimmin, the Shaman. I'm JD. I'm your dungeon master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. Last time, the three of you left Navath with Ko'okal's body. The two elves had confronted the three of you as you left their encampment, and it did not go well for them. You were able to convince Navath not to fight the three of you, maybe because their master had just had their head chopped clean off by Uruzidi. And then the three of you headed down toward this sunken pit. That is at the bottom of this kind of conical hole in the ground. Is there anything around this pit, like loose large stones or like trees or anything? Or is it barren? No, it is barren. There are some smaller rocks or whatever, but nothing that defines the landscape or anything like that. Cool. So it's like this massive hole that just opens up, right? Yep. Is it like loose sand or are we on like hard pack ground? It's loose, yeah. Oh, okay. What keeps it all from going into the pit? It's not like super steep. So we're not being like dragged mm. down. No, no, no. It's a shallow conical depression leading to this hole. So it's shallow. You guys aren't like fighting to stay up above it. Or okay. You can comfortably stand on the side. It's a little slippery. Kimmon plops himself down on the ground and continues bandaging at his wounds, which Zidi had helped with. Yeah. Before, but I'm more tending to now. I was, sta- I was shot through the collarbone, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because you were running at Ko'okal and he loosed the yep. arrow at you. I'm not doing anything of note. In fact, the, what I'm getting at here is I'm 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 not doing anything. Is there anywhere to secure a rope so that we can get down into this pit? No. You can maybe find something, but it would be like outside of the beginning of the conical part of the pit, right? So like outside of that, more up where Navoth and Ko'okal's body are. We could tie it to Ko'okal's body. Oh, no. he's, uh, he's is- dead weight now, so... No, if you remember correctly from the last episode, we, uh, we yeah. let uh, Navath take Ko'okal. That was the part of the de-escalation. They did leave, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Emilio, do you have some rope left? I might have some in my pack, but it ain't worth a damn if we don't have anything to tie it to. Well, before we just go hurling ourselves down any holes, perhaps it would be a better idea to try to get a look at what we're dealing with. Urizidi pulls out his lantern. Yeah, I mean, you're looking down this pit. Go ahead and discern realities for me. Oh, good. Oh, we're about to fucking find out, boys. That's a four. <laughs> oh! <God damn> it. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. What's up, Ryan? No, I'm gonna... <sighs> Man, this is the issue of having the vision. Is <laughs> like, when's it worth it? <laughs> yeah, probably not for this. Are you open to receiving ideas? I mean, always, if you got one. Okay. Well, I was just thinking, like, I don't know what you want the stakes to be, but it could be, like, Urizidi slides and is, like, hanging from the ledge, drops the lantern. Dropping the lantern makes a lot of sense, actually. He does love that lantern. I do love that lantern. He's going to go for it. I'm not going to go for it. I don't love it that much. All right, then. When I find it, I'm keeping it. You kind of half slide, half walk, making your way down towards this pit. And as you get to the edge, 
you are starting to lean over and holding out the lantern to try and see what's down below. And then there is a roar. It is so loud, you can feel it in your chest and in your stomach. And the sand that you're all standing on slides. It skitters, right? The sound wave, as it hits across, causes all of you to have to scurry back. And I think as you're scurrying, you drop the lantern down below. You're able to keep your footing, but you do startle, basically, and have to fall backward. And as you do so, you drop that lantern down in. As you glance skyward, passing overhead is this massive black shadow up in the haze. Oh, this isn't a roar from the pit. This is a roar from the skies. Correct. Oh, we saw this fucking thing earlier, and I totally forgot. Yep. Yeah. Once you look, your lantern's down there. You'll be able to see down there. Is this thing, you said it roared. Can we, like, see through the mist or anything? Like, we can see the shadow, but is the shadow getting bigger? No. Okay. It's not like anything's coming at you or anything. It just passes overhead. Okay. What in the fuck was that? I imagine we'll find out. Eventually. It's not something I really want to get entangled with, if you know what I mean. Do you think this is its nest? Is the hole big enough for something that large to get through, I guess? It's quite big, yeah. I mean, I realize that, like, the distance and not actually being able to see... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a huge pit, yeah. Okay. Feel like it would have flown in if this was its nest. I'm guessing this is just another weird place. In this weird place. And I lean my head over the side and look down into the pit. You drop your lantern? Uh, Yes. What do I see down there, JD? The lantern is broken in a few pieces down at the bottom. But you see a giant spider. Mm. Oh. How big are we talking? Uh, It is larger than this pit is. Christ. Oh. It seems tucked down at the base of it. That's horrifying. So did the lantern break on the spider's rumpus or? Must have like bounced off of it and then hit the ground. Uh Yeah. There is um, also scattered spools of webbing. Does this spider look trapped or just lying in wait or you said it's bigger than the pit itself. So I assume I'm kind of understanding the extent that this cavern extends out underneath the pit mouth. Right, right. Yeah, it appears not stuck, but tucked in this place. It doesn't seem to notice you. Are there, like, harpies and stuff in the nest or in its webbing? Probably too difficult to tell at this point. Okay. And I think you don't know yet because you haven't looked, but I'm going to introduce a character moment. (laughs) And I kick back really quickly. May the gods damn that thing. What the fuck? What? What is it? Kim and scrambling to his feet. There's a giant spider down there. I think Kimmin looks at you for a second, like waiting for you to continue when you don't. All right. Do you know I fucking hate spiders? I didn't. Spiders are fine. Oh, are they? Have you ever been caught in a spider web? Yes. They are literally trying to kill you. Their intent is to eat and harvest your body. They're monsters. You're giant. They're little. Very small. Their nefarious ways scare the fuck out of me. And now my nightmares are coming true. Kimmin's kind of sidling over toward the ledge like grandmother's footsteps, right? Oh, wow, it is very big. Urzidi stands there for a little bit like, I'm not going to look in the pit. And then (laughs) eventually is like, "Ah, fine, I'm going to go look in the pit. Sidles up, looks down. Oh, that is quite a bit larger than normal. Do you, uh... Kimmin looking over the edge. Need your lantern back? Not terribly. It was a very nice lantern, but... And Arazidi just kind of shrugs. Imagine if it's one of those hatchery spiders. Have you ever seen that? Where they, like, impregnate your leg? you never seen that? No, I've seen it. When you say impregnate your leg, Arazidi, your left arm gets itchy where you have this white thread growing from under your skin. Oh, shit. Is that from the, the, like, vines coming out of the skeleton? Yes. Okay. Urizidi kind of plucks at it and rubs at his arm. I can't pull it out, right? You can pull on it. Do it. Worry it. Worry it. Yeah, I think, like, because it's under his armor, right, most of the time, Urizidi starts trying to, like, pull on it so that nobody notices. As you pull, it keeps pulling out, 
for a little bit. And then eventually, as you tug, you feel pain deep, deep in your arm. And it kind of catches. Like, you can pull it for quite a while, and then it won't come forward anymore. Erezidi pulls out, like, a trail knife. Not a combat knife. It's, it's you know, like, eating... It's a paring knife. Yeah. And I'm going to try to cut this thread off near my arm. Not, like, right at the arm. You know, like, I'm holding it out. Yeah, just in the background of you doing this, like, of course I've heard of a hatchery spider. Yeah, I think Erezidi has his back turned on the group. Yeah, it is not exactly writhing, but it is probing at the air a little bit. It seems to be moving as you go. You're able to cut it off. It's not very difficult to cut. It doesn't hurt or anything when you cut it. I drop the tentacle thing and like grind it into the dirt under one heel. Well, if you're afraid, we can just go around. We don't have to dig in every nook and cranny that we see. I'm not afraid. I'm just practical. You are obviously afraid. Are you not afraid of being impregnated by a thousand spiders that could grow to be 50 feet long? No, not particularly, I guess. Seems a bit of a ridiculous thing to be afraid of. It's just all, they move all strange with their legs. You never can predict what they're doing. There's glint that makes you feel that way. (laughs) It's not, it's not so bad. While the two of them are continuing this conversation, Kimmon gets on his belly and shimmies toward the hole. I want to get a better look down there. Sure. Are you going for a different realities here? Sure. Like you're taking the time to study it or whatever. It makes sense to me. Yeah. So seven. One question, my friend. Make it count. We haven't really played into Kimmon's treasure hunting nature very much. What here is useful or valuable? Uh. There is a scattering of silver coins. You can probably see it gleaming in the light a little bit. And then you do see that in these wrapped webbings, there are some figures, and they, they appear to have gear on them, so that could also potentially be useful. And then, yes, spider venom. There is actually also... This is only something that I guess you could take away, and I don't have anything specific here, but this is a primordial creature. I don't know how best to say this. That's fucking tight. So that, in a way, this creature is a god, and you're pretty good at extracting useful things from gods. I was wondering if you meant, like, primordial, like, celestial power, or, like, it's like a great white shark to this area or something, where it's, like, never needed to evolve. Okay. Uh, I don't even mean that it's never needed to evolve. I just mean, like, it's an ancient... It's an ancient being. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's something... I don't have any specific details for, but I think we could definitely talk it out. But given your past as a god harvester... I have a question, and I realize this is out of character, not Urizi. You said it's like a god. Sentient? No? Yes? Is is the only path forward in order to like get this soul or bind it violence? I see what you're saying. It would be intelligent, but not necessarily... Communicative? Not communicative and not sapient. Sentient? Yes but not necessarily on a human wavelength. Makes sense. It's like trying to communicate with an octopus. They're intelligent, but like there's no language that we have in common. Kimmon rolls onto his back and, and looks up. There's plenty down here. You really think it's fucking worth going down there for what? Some gold? No, actually supplies. How many supplies could we burn getting it? I set my pack down on the ground, kicks up some dust and sand. And then I pull back the top. I don't really have any left, do I? And up from the pack springs a chubby raccoon <laughs> who's gnawing on something. Probably like a boot I was trying to make for my uh, my feet. And we've got those herbs we found a little while ago, but I've little else myself. <coughs> oh, very well. I'm going to use an adventuring gear to get some rope. I don't remember if you've picked up adventuring gear as this adventure has gone on, but we kind of explicitly talked previously about all of your adventuring gear is fancy. <laughs> so you don't have a torch. You have like a lantern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How is this rope fancy? <laughs> oh, it's silk cord, right? It's fucking gold. It almost looks like roping that you'll see at like fancy movie premieres when instead of like chains separating people, it's like the thick golden cord but it's just like a fucking spool of this gold cord that's made out of silk so it's super soft lower me down why didn't we sell this in town and buy cheap rope because this is very nice rope 
Besides, there's probably enough here to bankrupt that little shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I will wrap the rope around my waist. What, you thought you were going to stay up here? No. Kimmon's eyes are lit up a little bit. I, um, I should mention that this is a powerful spirit. Seems like you should go down with him then. If it's a spirit, can't you just capture it? Isn't that what you do? No, no, it's not. Not quite. Still attached to its physical form. Well, making spirits unattached from their physical forms is my specialty. That's what I do. Kimmin nods and gestures toward the hole. I pick back up my backpack and put it on my shoulders. And then I tap the little scurrying chub monster in the in the pack. At least you'll be good for something. Adding weight, that is. <laughs> and yeah, I dig my heels into the sand and throw the silk cord into the pit. Or Zidi climbs down. Kimmin, are you going as well? Yeah, as soon as Zidi gets down, we can't both be on the rope, obviously. So Right, especially since it's just Melio holding it. I don't think I'm going to have you roll because it's not interesting. You make your way down the rope, Urizidi. I pull Talon out. Urizidi carries a leather strap for Talon because he's lazy. He's not carrying that all day. Fuck that. Urizidi doesn't think that far ahead. Urizidi leaves it at the top of the pit and he just holds his hand up as he gets to the bottom and Talon lifts off the ground and snaps into his hand. That rules. And then Kimmin... You are also now heading down. Ruzidi, what are you doing? You have a couple of moments, obviously, just like by yourself down here. Are you poking around? Are you confronting the spider? No, I think what Ruzidi's trying to do is like move around to the spider's rear end, basically getting in position to ambush this spider. Or is it, is it like webs all around? There is webbing. It's not like a web. The webs are okay. attached to or wrapped around things. It's not a spider web. It's not that kind of spider. Okay. Yeah, I'll be honest. I have no idea how spider senses work, and I don't think Urizidi probably does either, so sneaking is like, yeah, I'm sneaking like I would sneak up on a regular person. Is this a trapdoor spider or a hunter spider, or is it it's not a web, right? Yeah, this is um a throwback to your character, Nathan. Oh! Your boy. Your boy from Glass City. I Yes, now I follow. Right, they hunted like trapdoor spiders. Yep. 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 That's sick. Go back to series five. Right over my head. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> you got a second, ZD. Uh, Kimmin's coming down the rope. I have one of my lightning totems in my teeth. Mm. If I get ambushed, I'm going to bite it and crack it and summon the spirit. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty sick. Ruzidi, you're able to make your way. I'm not going to have you roll. Uh, it doesn't appear to pay any attention to you. It doesn't watch you. It doesn't turn its head or anything. It, you're able to walk around it. It has big legs that are kind of tucked there, but you can sneak around to the side of it. It gets pretty narrow, um, but you can tell that this cavern kind of goes on somewhere beyond it. Oh, okay. You would have to get it out, right? It, like, fills the passageway that you'd be able to go down. Come in. Your feet touch the ground. Uruzidi has snuck to the side of this massive spider. Come in, pulls the shield and the spear from his back. Make that contact with Zidi. Nods for you to make the first move. Because you're going to ambush it, right? Yeah. If I'm misreading the situation, it's fine. No. Is this thing's body very chitinous? Yes. Very. Urizidi calls up the mystical sandstorm, right? That is the power that he has. I'm going for blade magic there, sword magic. Hell yeah. Go ahead and roll it. Mostly because however many hold I get is going to determine what I want to do. I think. That's a nine. Urizidi raises up Talon. And, like, while it's over his head, reverses his grip on it. And as he does that, gold flecks of sand start to coalesce around the blade, lengthening it and broadening it. And, yeah, he just plunges it straight down into this thing's thorax or abdomen, trying to crack that armor and drive it through. So I'm spending a hold to sunder an enemy's armor and give it minus one armor ongoing. Cool. I will tell you, as you do this, it plunges through and the armor is resistant to this but once it breaks through because that's basically what you're doing right you're sundering the armor there's no resistance past that point oh so this thing's just like a shell the spider does not react your glaive is wedged inside of it right now do you say anything to kimin kimin do you say anything are you acting kimin at the same time because you're both trying to ambush this thing 
Well, I'm expecting it to buck and move towards ZD, and it doesn't move, right? Right. Are you sure this thing is alive? Kimmon shrugs and pounds the javelin on the shield. Any reaction from the spider? I'm just trying to make noise. No. It's chitinous eyes don't appear to react at all. They don't flicker in the light or anything. Does it move? No. Kimmon takes the totem out of his mouth. God damn it. It's just its skin. I kick at it. How heavy does the, the leg of the spider feel? I mean, it's heavy. You know, this is still a massive creature, so even its chitinous shell is heavy. It's not moving at all, right? Correct. It has a clunk that sounds hollow, at least the leg. It's a husk, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's shed. It just shed it. Well, then where is it? Do we see it anywhere? Kimmy looks around, you know. <laughs> Can we get a cut back to me at that? Now that the weight has been taken off of the rope, you know, now uh, you've been with us for a little while, and I'm not one to deny a good act, you know, free food for not much, but we really need to talk about how much of your weight you're pulling around here. And in response to no shuffling happening in my backpack, I just elbow it softly. I know you're listening to me. <laughs> and I pull back the, the top of my bag. It just slaps the back of your head, I think. Don't be like that. I'm serious. You need to help, you need to help out every once in a while. You can't just keep eating all of our food. And my shoe... And I take the leather wrapping that I was working on as a new boot. Yeah, it has raccoon teeth marks in it. Stop eating everything, please. Do you want to get out of here like this plain beer? Is that your hope? It doesn't quite nod, but right, you can sense almost in your time with it, right? You're beginning to read its expressions a little bit. Raccoons have these like very expressive eyes, I feel like. And so you can just tell that it's telling you yes, basically. After we're done here, I've got to go back to the guy who pays me. Have you ever been to the fjords in the north? Just deadpans that one. They're an interesting place. Very strange. I think it would be worth your time to... It yawns. Listen, I know. I'm not trying to tell you a story. I'm trying to tell you facts. It'd be worth your time, I think, to go there. But, you know, maybe we could dress it up a little bit. We could make a little bit of money off this thing. Just try and be more entertaining. It licks its lips and makes a little, like, hand-washing motion. Good. All right, what's taking them so damn long down there? And I look over the side. Do I see where the spider would have shed? <laughs> like, where it would have broken out? Mm, no. Are you yanking your glaive back out of this thing? Yeah, of course. As you do so, liquid begins to pour out of that crack. Kimmon, I don't think that this is its shed. Do spiders even shed? Kimmon shrugs. <laughs> you see some thick blobs kind of plop, plop, plop out of the crevice. This liquid begins to kind of pile up with black masses in it. Is it making lots of little spiders? Yeah. They're not like moving independently. They're like suspended in this liquid. By this point, Kimmon's wandered over to all these people suspended. People? The, the, the bodies. You can see now, there are harpies. There are some humans. Any dwarves? Oh, yeah. Sure. What's the loot situation here? You would need to cut the webbing open, right? You can, like, kind of vaguely see faces or whatever. What was the last thing you said, Ryan? This was That was kind of happening concurrently with you pulling your glaive out. Kimmon, I think you should probably come look at this. That doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. Fuck it. Uh, Uzi, a... Can I plug the hole? I think Urzidi, because he's already ripped his, his tabard up a whole bunch for, like, band-aids and shit. I think he, like, balls up what's left. <laughs> as he, as, as Kimmon's walking over, stuff it in the hole. You can stuff some rags into the crack that you made, but it's pretty large um and i think as you do so it overflows onto your hand and you feel this writhing sensation as if bugs are crawling up your arm give me a defy danger plus constitution that's an eight the hair on the back of your neck stands up you feel a shiver of goosebumps run along your skin 
and you feel like you just you need to get out of there like now what's kimmin doing what is kimmin doing i've started cutting into one of these webbings arbitrarily one of them i don't doesn't really matter which one uh you were asking about dwarves are you specifically yeah i guess i guess the dwarf one as you slice the webbing open it's a little sticky right but it's not like sticking to you it's such a big mass at this point that it's not like a fine web right it's not this like gossamer anymore you cut it out this kind of chunk and this pale gaunt dwarf is underneath this webbing or entrapped in this webbing and as you slice it open, its eyes are closed, but as you cut open, its mouth gapes and shuts. Kevin like panics and falls backward and starts scrambling. Yeah, and it slowly begins to clamor out of the webbing. It appears that it's having difficulty moving, but it's slowly trying to get up to its feet. Damn, damn, damn. CD, we should probably get out of here. <coughs> yes, I agree. Let's go. I'm pretty sure you're probably the first one to the rope. Yeah, no, I think it's a mad dash for Urizidi. Urizidi, you need to give me a fight danger plus dexterity to skip past this pooling pile of ooze. Twelve. A, like, pseudopod reaches for you. You know how amoebas? Yeah. So a pseudopod, like, of this ooze reaches out for you. Spiders kind of swimming along the edges of it, but you are able to duck underneath it and quickly make your way back to the fancy rope. You're just clamoring up, yeah? Yeah, as fast as I can. Melio, give me a defy danger plus strength here, as your friends are suddenly oh, yeah. climbing back up. I don't even know if you were really paying that much attention. Nope, it got taut really quickly. <laughs> the mood down in the pit has changed quite drastically quite quickly. 13. Oh, oh good. okay, alright. Yeah, I think you are able to keep your footing without too much effort, right? You catch on pretty quick that I need to be really holding on to this again. Yeah, well, I was having a casual conversation. I think I was, you know, this is all I'm doing. I wasn't thinking about anything else, so. But yeah, Uruzidi scrambles up the rope back up to the top. Kimmin, you are also leaving, correct? Yes. Are you going to try to grab the lantern? Hey, ZD, you want to hit my flag? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grab the lantern. Once he scrambles over the lip, I assume he starts to kind of like regain his faculties. It's still like affecting you, but you're rational yeah, yeah. once you're out of danger, I think, a little bit more. So, yes. Yeah. Urizidi smacks himself in the forehead. Just then that nice, like, <laughs> Kimmin, grab the damn lantern. Kimmin already passed the lantern, stops, turns around, and scrambles up the pieces of it he can. Let's see how quick you do it. Give me a defy danger plus dexterity here. It's a six. Oh, hold on. Uh, I can aid or interfere even at a distance. I can spend my last hold. There you go. Rizidi's like watching you over the ledge. And when he sees you fucking up, he also realizes he left Talon. Huh. Oh, nice. And I'm going to summon Talon back to my hand and it like sweeps the legs. Well, we'll see what happens. I still have to roll for it. Eight for an aid. That'll bring you up. I'm trying to think of what would implicate. Oh, it cuts the rope. Yeah. That's obvious. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's uh, that is a thing that can happen. So yeah, it slices through the rope, but it also slices through the hollow shell of a dwarf that was shambling towards you. Kim, and you're able to grab the lantern, and you did not just get attacked by a hollowed-out dwarf, but this spider ooze is still now sliding towards you, and the rope has fallen from the top of the pit and hits the bottom of the floor. Ah, damn. 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 Scrabbling up the, the pieces of the rope. Ah. Did it? Was it just one neat slice through the rope? Yeah. Throw it. Just throw it back up. We'll catch it. Uh, ZD. Tossing the rope up at the hole. I'm trying to think of what is interesting here. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to you. I think, but it takes a couple of tosses to get it upright because I think it's awkward to throw just the end of a rope. There's no like weight to it, you know. Yeah. So it takes a couple of tries before you're actually able to get it into Uruzidi's hand. And in that time, the ooze is now reaching out towards you. It has slowly shuffled its way, slithered its way, whatever, over to you, but it is now reaching out one of these pseudopods with writhing spiders inside of it. 
I think Urizidi just starts hauling on the rope, right? Yep, I'll be behind you hauling. Kimmon, are you climbing straight up? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Spider venom with some little spiderlings in it. Pretty valuable. What do I have to put it in? Lantern. <laughs> That's really fun. <laughs> yeah, like it's probably useless as a lantern. Like all the oil probably leaked out of it, but... Yeah, I've still got my knife in my hand from when I cut open the pod that that dwarf was in. I'm going to try to cut off the end of this weird phalange and collect it in the hollowed out portion of the lantern. Cool. As both of you are yelling at me to get up the damn rope. I could go quick thinking on this. I could go dex on this. I think it's it because of the use of the lantern. Where you're like, oh, what do I have? Oh, this lantern. I can use that. That's so fair. I think it's, yeah, that quick thinking. See how quickly you come to this conclusion. That's a 10. Ooh. Dope. You cut this off and it kind of slurps into the base of this lantern. You have some light because the wick is still burning, but it's not going to last long. And once it's out, this lantern's done. But yeah, you're able to capture some of the venom. Spider goop. Man, I'm going to put it on my belt and scramble up this rope. Yeah, give me a defend injury plus climbing's usually con. This might be strength just because of how quickly you're... To do it fast? No, it would be dex. It's dex. What am I doing? It's dex. Dex and strength are the same for me also, so... Yeah, you're not, you're not like sprinting the way that you are if you're running. Like, this is how nimbly you can get up this rope, I think. Especially since your friends are holding on to it. Okay, that's a seven. Seven. Proposal. Yeah, what do you got? I dropped the dagger. Oh, the dagger that you used to... Yeah. Oh, I like that. I was, gonna, I I do, was like, it doesn't make I, sense to drop the lantern... But having the dagger in your hand and needing to drop it in order to get up, that makes perfect sense to me. Why well, I, I just affix the lantern to my belt and go to put my dagger away and just literally miss and don't have a chance to pick it up and just scrabble up the rope. I like that a lot. You lose your dagger. You guys haul Kimmon over the lip of the hole. Did you get my lantern? Kind of. What do you mean, kind of? I hold it up and there's a pool of that gooey, viscous spider liquid in it. I really hate you sometimes, you know that. I think, Irizidi, you feel that chill go back over you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That lantern was worth a lot of money. It was already broken. Did you kill it? There was nothing to kill. Or well, maybe there was. So what did you do? Mostly ran. There was a dwarf down there. Came in looking like he's actually offering you something. <laughs> and? I, it wasn't exactly... A spider. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, you can see some of the spiders, like, kind of yeah. suspended around, like, twitching in the liquid. It was a husk filled with this. Huh. The hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> you said this thing had been down here a really long time. Can Urizidi call on the whatever powers in Talon to, if this thing is, like, primordial... Would the, is it like a weapon of a cyclope? What I'm asking is, can I spout more? Yeah. My only issue is that I don't know what I could necessarily tell you about it. It's an interesting idea that it could be. I don't know. Fuck it. Roll it. You might miss. And then I get to do something fun. Uh, it's a nine. A nine. So you get something interesting about this spider, but not necessarily useful. That's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> That's mostly what I wanted. I think Urizidi has a natural curiosity, and so does Ryan. So, Oh, I got it. This was not a weapon or whatever, but you see a in, in the kind of historical vision-y way that this magic works, recalling history. Long, 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 long ago, this thing was worshipped as a god of the hunt, basically. The Cyclopses didn't really give a fuck about it. Okay. But yeah, I think you see this vision of people throwing coins down in this pit. Dope. People used to worship it as a god. Who in their right damn mind would think to do that? It's a giant spider. Don't your people worship bears? What do bears do? Shit everywhere? Eat fish? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Maybe I should go and worship a guy who stabs everyone in the back he's who's ever trusted him. Urizidi shrugs like, yep, that's my dad. <laughs> At least that makes sense. That's how you get on top in this world. Worshipping fallibility. Yeah, that's how you stay on top. Enough squabbling. And the last 
flickers of this lantern light, you can see the ooze is crawling up the wall. Is it getting dark out then? Yeah, it's probably, I, I would say it's not getting dark. It is maybe dinner time. It's like right before dusk is going to start is where you guys are at right now. Okay. It's not dark. It's just specifically the light needed to see down into the pit. Let's find a place to camp. We can complain around a fire. Fine. Works for me. We're like fairly close to some mountains, right? Yeah, they're like right there. Okay. This pit is up the end of the ridge. Like if you think of the the ridge like comes up, right? And it's like straight up and then it's like kind of a platformed ledge that you guys are walking along. And then right past that are the Titan's teeth, this mountain range. Kimmon, are you leading the way or? Kimmon, you were the one who saw the depression and the teeth, right? The two places we could go. Was that you or was that you or Zeta? Oh, I think it was both of us. I, yeah, I don't, no. I don't remember who made that rule. I think it was you, Kimmon, that looked. And it you, was. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, saw, I was leaning over the, pit the or the hot, yeah. the hot path. Yeah. Oh, I aided, though. Kimmon, didn't you say there was somewhere else we could go up high? Well, yeah, but I, we'd have to go past Coacol or, um, you know. We don't have to cut through their, their little hut area, do we? Do we, J.D.? It's like technically the point, but yeah, that's not how reality works. You know where the camp is. You can walk on the same route and not go into the camp. Yeah. I thought they were kind of close to the ramp, you know, or, you know, the hill Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they are, but I'm not going to, no. Yeah. I follow. I think maybe we could just, you know, not engage with that situation. Why don't we take a look from the top of this rim and see what we can see? That's fine as well, if that's what you want to do. Go, look. I I think we can just set up against the mountains, but Yeah, Urzidi jogs up the ramp. You're jogging up like to the edge of the cone. The right? the bowl. The, yeah. Okay. You get up there, you're gonna start looking around? Yeah, I I think he's trying to spot out like either another place to head to or a good place to camp. Sure. Uh survey the vulture lands when you spend some time scanning the dismal horizon for places of interest. Roll plus one for each. A previous hit on a spot lore or discern realities in the current location. You have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a high vantage point or other means of farsight. You don't really have that because the areas you're looking at are on the same ridge. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. The party is rested after camping for the night. Nope. A helpful NPC is present. Nope. Uh, anything else you got that you want to give me? No, I don't think so. All right. So, yeah, you're going to roll Survey the Vulture Lands with a plus one. Uh, Nikki, seven. Seven. Choose one. You get a vague impression of all connected sites, or you get a detailed description of one connected site. Give me the vague impression of all connected sites. You know of the campsite, obviously, the hut. You also realize, just based on kind of how you've been traveling, that if the three of you could descend somehow, you would be back at the statue. Where we fought the mummy. Yes. Or you could continue along the opposite way on the ridge from the campsite where you see like a rapidly descending river, like a fast flowing river, basically carving through that part of the ridge. It's more being able to see the black water pouring out of the mountains that you can see in the distance and then it disappears underneath the horizon of the ridge. Does that make sense? Yeah. Urzidi slides back down towards the pit and basically relays that information. Well, we could go back to the statue... Or there's a river ahead. Or obviously, you know, Coacal's campsite. Yeah. The last place we set up camp was at the statue, right? Yeah. And you still have a couple hours before the dismal sun sets. Yeah. We could revisit our last campsite. Seemed secure enough. We'd have to find a way to get down there. But other than that, I don't see any problem with it. We have a few hours. We could just retrace our steps. You said there was a river. Yes, further along the ridge. It doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world to camp near a river. So long as it's not a river flowing with demon's blood or acid. Well, did you see any of that? We are a long ways away. It's a river. I think making progress is more important than retracing our steps at this point. Well, then I say we just hold up here make progress in the morning. Get some distance between us and those... Urzidi glances back down into the pit. Spiders, are they still, like, making progress? Mm-hmm. Slowly slurping up the side of the cliff. 
I don't hate getting away from them. <laughs> <laughs> I think right at that moment is like you guys are looking over and you say that comment and the last of the wick of the lantern burns out and you can no longer see it. Fine. The river. Lead the way. Yeah, Urizidi will lead the way towards this river. Tour the vulture lands. When you travel to a point of interest connected to your current location, say where you're headed and who is leading the way. That's Urizidi. The path along the ridge is not particularly treacherous, but coming up to the river, it's a matter of finding the bridge that connects to it. So give me a tour of the vulture lands plus your wisdom. I think it's more about surveying the land as you approach the ravine. Okay. Oh, is that bad for you? <laughs> yeah, that's a five. Oh, God. That's not good. On a six minus, you still arrive at your destination, but the GM makes a move. The three of you approach this river, and as you get closer, you realize that it emerges from the titan's teeth from like what must be an underground spring of some kind, or perhaps some snow melt higher up in the mountains. But it emerges through a vague impression of a skull in the side of the mountain. Maybe it was carved and actually is a skull, but if that was the case, it's been long, long weathered, and now you can see it if you daydream a little bit. But the water, as it is, this blackened water, pours from all of its orifices and collects and trickles down its face, forms a kind of fast-running rapids down the side of the cliff. But then as soon as it hits the ridge, it plunges beneath it. And before you is a ravine high up, and it carves all the way through the ridge as it heads down into the vulture lands. But you have made your way toward the edge of a bridge. And this is a massive, very wide bridge. You begin to realize that there must have been traffic through here, and that maybe this ridge isn't just a natural formation of the mountains. And the bridge before you is wide enough that you can get a few wagons side by side across it. It's made out of a tarnished copper, like that kind of greenish patina, or maybe just a well-weathered gold. As you come up to it, some skeletons wearing black armor begin walking towards you, bows drawn. And they take aim and fire. What did the three of you do? I'm going to put this big shield I got in front of me and try to get in front of the rest of the party. I would like to defend. Fantastic. Give me a defend roll. Six. You catch one of these arrows in your shield and it plunks through it, but the other one slams straight into your thigh. Give me a d6 of damage. Does armor apply? Two piercing. Of course, armor doesn't apply. I'm hit hard. I'm still not totally recovered from the last time. I don't look so good. I actually just realized, too, that's going to be a plus one because you're getting attacked by two skeletons. Okay. That's just Dungeon World shit. Yeah, that's fine. The idea being that you had to block one of them, right? And then that opened you up, and then you took the other one harder. Yep, that's six damage at three. Uh, So I see my comrade get pierced through by this arrow as you're hunkering your big shield, but you don't seem to know how to deal with this unwieldy implement. You haven't really been a shield bearer in your life. I know a few stories about shield bearers, let me tell you. And I haven't done my arcane art in a little bit. So I think this is an opportune moment to reinforce what you're trying to do here. Because we've been surprise attacked. I would like to come up behind you and grab your chest from under your armpits and grab your chest with my inky hands and start whispering a story into your ear. A story of Trisha Lucero, the great house guard of family Lucero. She is said to have been deadlier than the winds. I want her to be a very loud person. <laughs> a very loud person? Yeah, because wasn't the Lucero that we first met the Whisper? Uh, that sounds right. Huh. Whisper Lucero was from the um, pits. Oh, yeah, Lucero the Whisper. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I was. <laughs> I just wanted that to be fun. And, and anyway, go on. And she is loud as hell then because she's a woman of great stature, great pride, and great prowess with a blade and a shield. She's knocked down more men and more women and more monsters than anyone in the pits. And maybe you can understand her tactics when you understand your shield as a part of yourself. 
And I've been touching your chest and kind of inking it up. And that's when I just grab your offhand, your shield, where it is. And you see these inky ropes spread out like spider webs as they like attach the shield to your arm and coalesce it. That's sweet. Can I roll my arcane art? Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Uh, That'll be a 10. I would like to heal 1d8 damage. And I would like to give plus 1d4 forward to damage that you deal. I love it. Didn't you take something else for your arcane art? That's what it does. It lets oh, me choose, choose two, two effects. Oh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. And also, when I grant bonus damage with arcane art, you get plus an extra 1d4. So, so you get, get plus 2d4. 2d4. Yeah, that's what it was. I thought you did something. Yeah, yeah. I chose both of these. God damn. You're getting ripped. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah. Can I have a d8? I'll heal you. Two. Oh, <laughs> I'll take it. I did my best. Ruzidi. Yes. While your companion is healing your other companion, you still have two skeletons in front of you. Yeah. One of them is reaching for a second quiver. Like a different one? Yep. Yeah. I feel like that's something that Ruzidi would probably notice. Yeah. I'm going to rush towards them. And as I'm running... Razidi calls on his blade magic, hoping to figure out what he's going to do. Yeah, go ahead and scroll it. Uh, that's an eight. Okay. So you get, what, two hold? Yeah. My glaive changes, and so it's the smoke that curls out of the corners of Urizidi's mouth as he holds on to this blade magic. Begins to like travel down the length of his blade as he's rushing towards this skeleton. And coat the end, making the blade and like the whole haft writhe almost like an obsidian serpent. And I'm going to try to stab like through this skeletal archer's breastplate. And I'm going to spend both my hold. I'm going to deal my damage to an enemy and sunder their armor. So they take minus one armor ongoing. Absolutely. Go ahead and roll it. Uh, that's 12 damage. And it takes minus one armor. You destroy the skeleton. Yeah. What does this look like? The whole glaive is just smoke that like seems to slip through its breastplate. And then as it solidifies, Urzi just slams it down and it just splits the breastplate and, you know, the skeleton's spine, I'll call him, down to its pelvis and he just kicks it away, the rest of it. Absolutely. The other one has dropped its bow and is pulling out a chotel off of its hip. That is the uh, semicircular curved sword that Kimin has one of, I believe. Mm-hmm. I do. And it's going to come at you. I think, Meliora Kimin, you've had your moment while Ruzidi was destroying this skeleton. Probably took a little bit. Are the two of you doing anything, or are you going to let him handle it? I think Kimin is emboldened with this story and this magic as you know mediocre as the healing actually was i think there's the vitality he tried his best all he gave you is plus 2d4 damage now kill this well that's what i was gonna say (laughs) yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna huck a javelin at this remaining skeleton in the way that trisha lucero did oh hell yeah fuck yeah give me a volley that's eight go ahead and choose one of the options from the volley list i'm gonna lose an ammo let's just play it safe and also kill this thing Cool. I'm down to one ammo. I want to take this scene differently. <laughs> Go on. I don't think that you have to take multiple shots. I think that the beefiness of the situation, you just throw two javelins at once. Oh, nice. <laughs> like you you level them both over your shoulders and just shot put them into it. That's pretty How fucking badass sweet. Is that? That's very cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, you yeah. throw one and you just are so beefed up that you throw it so hard it like demolishes itself as it smashes into the sky. I was actually thinking that. Oh, okay. I like that. Like a dagger missile. Like it splinters in midair. There's no recovering it it because it bursts upon impact. Yeah, that's cooler, probably. Let's do it. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Four? Four. What? A two, a one, and a one. (laughs) Kimmon was destined to never have a good combat. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. I don't know that the the last combat you had with the skeletons was cool when you were like ground fighting with the skeleton. It's cool that he's like scrappy, but he never looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> that all- was definitely a cinematic <laughs> moment, and instead, this thing's alive still. Yeah, it is. Can I follow up? You're drying it and throwing it. 
it is going to impact hard on this skeleton's armor is the problem. It takes it square on, but that's why it breaks is because a lot of the energy is diverted into just the, the fact that it's wearing relatively thick armor. So the javelin shatters and it staggers a little bit backward, but it continues to shamble its way forward. Melio, you wanted to follow up. Hell yeah, because you're like curled over, right? You threw this javelin. I'm going to run and jump over your back with my two fucking axes. Using your shoulder as leverage, I'm going to try and jump up and hack this fucking skeleton in half with my two axes. Give me a hack and slash. I love it. I love love that it's like JD's like, here's two goons, and we're like, the most cinematic fight possible. (laughs) I rolled an 11. Well, your damage... That's a five two piercing. Woof. You destroy it. What does it look like? Yeah, dude. I think I cut its head off like scissors right through the neck and you see the head tumble off the side of the fucking bridge. The skeleton takes a couple more steps, right? And then collapses into a pile of bones. Yeah. Yeah. The three of you now are standing at the edge of a bridge that, like I said, is made of metal. It's quite large. It goes across a ravine. We start walking. Cross this bridge. I'm leading the way. The bridge arcs a little bit as it goes across. As you go up the kind of ramp of the bridge, you see immediately there are large stretches of this bridge that are broken and have collapsed into the ravine below. So there are a few freestanding pieces of bridge connecting this side to the other. Wait, so just so we're clear, it's not like a suspension or anything like that. Or is there is there a handrail that would go between these individual pieces, or is it just chunks missing out of the walkway? Are they free-floating, like, magically, or uh, we don't fathom how they are there, or, or is it connected? No, there are great pillars that go all the way down to the bottom of this ravine that hold it up. So each okay. of the individual pieces is freestanding on its own, but it's held up by these pillars. It's just rickety. It's not, like actually like hey how is this standing here i don't even think it's rickety is it oh i guess not no i'm sorry not rickety it's just precarious it's precarious yeah no every like step that you take is sure-footed the bridge isn't going to collapse underneath you yeah it doesn't feel like it's like swaying or anything like that but then yeah there are just big broken pieces out of it that you would have to get across there isn't a way between these pieces does that make sense we'd have to jump should we camp on this side before attempting to cross since that was our original goal anyway, it was just find a place to camp. Camp by the river, yeah. Yeah. So the two of you, Melio and Urzidi, start crossing the bridge, and Kimmon, I can't jump that right now. Why not? Look at his leg. I sit on the ground and yank the arrow out of my thigh. Don't just pull it. Ah, it's fine. It's not fine. A spurt of blood. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna use up all of our damn poultices and herbs. Well, give him to me. I mean, obviously, I, yeah, I do. We still had at least two more hours before nightfall. You wanna call it now? I don't want to. Fine. But we're gonna be skipping across this bridge. Then we should stay here. I'll gather some wood for fire. I'll take care of Kimmon, and I'll get food ready. Make sure there aren't any more skeletons around here, I guess. Yeah. All right. Let's go to camp in the vulture lands. When you decide to set up camp, establish rules. It sounds like, Emilio, you're scouting. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, what do you guys want to do about management of gear and observing? I was going for management of gear by saying like, yeah, I'll, I'll patch him up and get dinner ready. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like I'm observing. When you search for a safe spot to set up camp and establish a perimeter, roll plus wisdom. So, Melio, go ahead and roll plus wisdom for me. Boxcars, I'll have 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. On a 10 plus, you find a location hidden from danger. The observer then can roll to scavenge for supplies rather than standing guard, and the manager takes plus one to the roll. So, you're going to find someplace that's very safe. I don't have anything in mind myself, so how about you just describe what you find? Actually, I got one if you don't have something else. Well, go ahead. I, I didn't have anything off the top of my head. There's an old, old, old broken wagon Ooh, that is set up that you can kind of use as cover for yourselves. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. It's off on the side of the bridge. I don't know why I, I just feel like there's a bunch of shit growing around 
this bridge, I guess because we're close to a river, I mm. assume we're we're near foliage of some sort. If it's not growing out of the earth, it's probably coming from the trees. So I think like we're able to get some cover with this wagon and then kind of just cover it in the surrounding foliage. Probably some old kind of half dead trees around here on the edge. So you guys are on the edge of the vulture lands, essentially. Yeah. We just are able to assemble this hodgepodge of a place and it looks so innocuous because it blends in with the dead trees as mm. well as we use the dead trees to cover it up to make a, a lean-to kind of situation. The trees are like in a perpetual fall. Like they have leaves, but they're all brown and dead, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm just I'm just like, eh, that's fine. And I, you know, strip the branches and just put them over top. So it just looks like a pile of felled wood. Fantastic. So then, Uruzidi, you're going to take inventory and hand out supplies, as well as take care of Kimmy, you said. So go ahead and roll plus int, and then you get a plus one to this because of the scouts roll. Okay. So that's a nine. Nine. On a hit, everyone can rest, heal half their HP, and level up if they have the required XP, but then on a seven through nine, things are sparser than you would like. So each player can either take minus 1d6 HP healed or marketability for the following day. I'll take minus 1d6 for my healing. Go ahead and roll that. Go ahead and update your HP right now. That's fine for everybody. So three. So I would normally heal by uh, nine. Instead, I'll heal by six. So I'll go back up to 19. Yeah, I heal back up to full. Me too. F minus eight. Did we use that? Did we use that poultices and herbs then? We did, didn't we? Yes, you did say that you're going to be using that. Yeah, I'll probably just take minus 1d6 then as well. I can't take a debility. I heal three less than usual, so I heal five, which puts me back to full after the pulses and herbs. Oh, nice. Is everybody back at full HP? I think so. Fuck yeah. Then uh, observers. Now, Kimmin, you're going to get the chance to kind of just chill and check out the camp and everything. Because the scout rolled so high, there is not going to be danger that's going to happen. So you can roll to potentially find something useful or interesting. So give me a roll plus con as you are kind of normally standing steadfast, but now just paying attention not feeling the wariness so hard that you can't you know that's the idea behind the con that's a four that's not great oh yeah on a six minus it could be something that gets the jump on you but i've already established that you guys aren't in any danger right here or you have to use some supplies so either tell me what supplies you use up and mark it off of your character sheet or someone else's character sheet if you guys agree to do it that way otherwise something will find you and describe how you guys need to use this in your campsite or while you're setting up or whatever right while you're looking around I've had a supply for a while that maybe this would not be a bad time to use. I've had uh, this useless supply um, that originally was halfling pipe leaf, but I believe uh, I transposed it to glint. I could see it being a dwarven drug rather than glint. No, it was lotus. It was lotus? Yeah. That's Rangi's drugs. That's not northern. I think it was glint. I want to know what fjord dwarves do. Give me something new. I can give you something new. Uh, kelp crawlers. It's applied by skin contact and it just numbs. Uh, it's mildly hallucinogenic and it like numbs the areas that it comes in contact with. Huh. I think the name needs some work, honestly. What about just crawlers? I was gonna say, yeah, just Just crawlers. I like that better than kelp crawlers. But it's great that it's kelp that they cultivate in like the shallow, they scrape it off of rocks and like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of where I was at. So just call it crawlers, but the inherent thing is that it's... It's, it's kelp it's, or yeah. some sort of like sea plant. Harvested. Yep. I'll utilize that and we're doing that because Kimmin had a particularly unctuous day. So I'm putting that on your leg where you got shot through. Probably uh, using it a little bit more um, liberally on my own self what if there is a thatch of old dead brambles nearby that while Kimmon is searching for things he walks through it just needs to by the fiction need we need to be forced to use that right so mm-hmm. Kimmon is looking around for things not feeling particularly pressured and stumbles upon some brambles or something and a mild local analgesic will help in that situation does that track I think it could also be you have these poultices and herbs, but as you're crawling through, it like hits your leg in a way, right? Because you took that arrow to it. Yeah, you're in constant pain, right? I've also always thought that, and I think we've talked about this, poultices and herb is painful. It's not like a healing potion. Yeah. Right? It does the job, but you're not happy about it. 
right? It's not like tasting cinnamon. And for that matter, Kimmins poked full of holes right at this point. Yeah, you've been rifled through by by this place. We give you a, a certain kind of care. And especially because you said, I didn't want to make the trip across the bridge. I was like, all right, baby, we'll take care of you. I didn't think I could jump over. I still don't think I can jump over something, but I'll be better tomorrow. Yeah. Fantastic. Does anybody want to share at camp when you guys are hanging out? Or is everybody too mad at each other from the last day of yelling at each other, basically? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think we're all, yeah, we're all a little beat up and tired. and I do. All right, there we go. I'm going to read Share at Camp. Sharing at Camp. If you spend some time at camp singing a song, telling a story, brainstorming plans, or recalling a memory with your companions, each member listening to you gives advantage-disadvantage when aiding or interfering with you the next following day. I think as you guys are suggesting, there's a bit of tension over the campfire as we're sitting around eating whatever the hell we've scrounged up. Kimmon's sitting staring at the fire for a little while. I'm sorry. Who's that directed at? Both of you. For what? Sorry for what? All of yesterday, I threw myself into danger. <clears throat> Unnecessarily. And that put the two of you in danger. Something is wrong with me. And I'm not sure how to fix it. Isn't that something you could ask a certain someone about? I did. What'd he say? Nothing. I thought he had all the answers. Kimmin looks at the fire and shrugs. Throws some unchewable bread into the flames. How'd you talk to him? <laughs> Mostly it's talking at. <laughs> well, I heard you got to be real nice to him in order to get him to open up. Yeah, sometimes. Call him the, the mighty tusker. The great hoof of time. Unholy. Or holy, depending on who was afraid of him. You know, you got to be all ceremonial about it. You know, you just talk to yourself. That probably won't work. No one usually wants to hear you talking to yourself when you're trying to talk to them. I'll try that. Thanks. I'm just saying. It might be worth another shot. Especially now that you... And I, I kind of grab you by the side of your face. Look you in the eyes. You're looking a little bit better, finally. Just slap you on the, the side of the cheek. <laughs> I love that this is just because Melia's like feeling great. Like that crawler is hitting just right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm numb as fuck. <laughs> I said what I wanted to say. Yeah. The three of you drift off as the night goes on. The conversation fading away as each of you falls asleep in turn. Whoever wakes up first. It's me. It's Kim me. Kevin's sleeping off his injuries, I feel like. Yeah, Kevin's yeah, sleeping off their injuries, and I'm, you know, the royal biscuit and gravy is not going to be wakes up on time. No, yeah, no, no 100%. Was, uh, when you pointed at me, I was like, there's no fucking way Urzi has, ever, <laughs> yeah, has I, ever in his life been the first person awake. <laughs> this is the first character I've played that isn't, like, the sleeping in type, and Kevin just got the shit beat out of him. Yeah, so. I think so, right? Yeah, right, it's yeah. me. Yeah. Normally, Kevin, I think, it would be the first one awake, but I think given the couple of hard days you've had so Melio when you wake up groggily opening your eyes to the dim haze that is the morning here standing right at the edge of your camp is a tall figure in a black cloak and that's where we'll end the session
and you feel this writhing sensation as if bugs are crawling up your arm. Oh, yeah, just like Glint. But then you have... (laughs) I've been here. Um... Yep, yep, you're feeling the spiders crawling? Then it's working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's doing what it's supposed to do. But when's, when's the good part? Oh, you told me the spiders are crawling, right? Yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's the, good, the part. good part, man. That's what it's you wanted. It's downhill right? from here. <laughs> Just wait for the darkness everywhere. I like the idea of, right, there's like, there's glint cultivators, right? Because they're growing these beetles and they're trying to get their chemicals to grow the right way in their shell that they crush up to make glint. And so sometimes they just get bread wrong, and it's like, nope, that's a bad one. <laughs> this this is not good. <laughs> it's like you know, most there's like palaces where they they grow the the like perfect glint, and then it's sometimes it just comes from two dudes in a shack in the middle of the desert. That's the good shit, and that's the yeah. good shit. That's that's the shit that makes you feel like you have spiders crawling on your. Skin. Lenny told me that this one, it, you become the spiders. You know what I mean. <laughs> And that's my next character, just FYI, 42 for 40. Red, redneck glint <laughs> cultivator. Oh, God. Moon glint, glint cultivator. Moon glint. <laughs> Moon glint. Yeah. Oh, shit. Chimera cast, but safe. I enter the dungeon. I fight the goblin. Thank you. This has been Chimera cast. Nom, 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 nom. I am Spiderhausen. <laughs> very nice, very evil. <laughs>